God is looking far beyond your uh, matrimonial commitment that's going to last for 40, 50, 60 years, 70 years, or whatever. He's looking out in the future and saying, I need to keep a godly heritage going. I want you to get married. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. And I want you to live a godly, holy life so you can raise your kids in a godly, holy manner so they can serve me after you're gone. But if you bust up, these kids, they're going to go all kinds of ways. And then I got to try to grab them, pull them back in, and get them going again. He says, I am seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit. And do not break faith with the wife of your youth. And verse 16 says, I hate divorce. This is Jerry G. Martin. If your marriage is being challenged right now, Today's message is for you. And if you know someone who's been challenged, invite them to listen as well. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's word. And now with Facebook, everybody all over the world know your problems. Why do people put their stuff out there on Facebook? We had a fight this morning and we, you know, you're telling everybody all your business and then you wonder why folks in your business. Keep your business to yourself and don't just tell everybody because you're going to look like a fool when y'all get back together. You're going to tell everybody what he did and then when you get back together, you know, you're going to look like a fool. So keep your business off of Facebook. All you younger folk, all the older folk, we don't even know how they log on. (laughs) But we're going to have a social media Sunday where we put people's Facebook pages up on the screen members in the church, and we're going to look through the social media impact of saved folks and how we are reaching the world for Christ on Facebook. (laughs) Somebody said, don't do it, Pastor. I'm leaving the church. (laughs) Well, you better change your page. I'm going to give you some warning. You better take all that stuff off your page. Some of the members' pictures are disgusting. People hook up on Facebook. Okay, where was I at? I was on Discord. (laughs) Couples that are in discords are at war almost all the time. Soon as you come in through the door, you know it's on. You fight over what's in the refrigerator. Who moved my juice? Was that your juice? Well, you should have had the top on it. You know, all that kind of stuff. Man won't come home. He goes, stops off for an hour on the way home. That's how the happy hour got started. He was trying to get one hour of happiness before he got home. And discard marriages run cold. Physical intimacy vanishes. That ain't nothing you know. People draw a line in the bed. Now, that's your side. Don't come on my side. Even if they're in the same bed. A lot of times they just don't even be in the same bed. But, you know, don't get your toes and Don't be touching me. I'm glad y'all haven't had any of that happen. Just don't even touch me. Draw an imaginary line right down the center. You want to go get you a big queen, ultra queen size, so you don't have to touch nobody. King size, whatever it is. Ultra. Plenty of room. Don't touch me. Don't even look. They don't want to deal with that at all. <laughs> One husband gave her wife two aspirin. And she said, what is this for? She said, that's for your headache. She said, I don't have a headache. He said, well, good. Tonight's tonight. But they have discard and arguments and they can't get together and the children are in anxiety and anxious and depressed. They're verbally lashing out at each other. They're saying hurtful things to each other. And that's where you're in a full state of discard. 
You start wondering what it'd be like to be single again or married to somebody else. People who are in marital discord wonder if their lives will be better without their spouses. So they start trying to think of a way out. When they watch the CSI, they be trying to get some ideas. But I'm going to tell you that antifreeze don't work. They can figure it out over time, right? Give them some tea with antifreeze in it. No, don't do that. What gets me, people threaten to kill each other, then they sit down and eat. Let me fix you something, all right? A good marriage can be brought down in just a matter of a few months. In a couple of years, it could be gone. Discord in marriage is not impossible to reverse, but it's, it's very, very challenging. If you've gone down any of these paths, the idea is how do you stop where you are and go back the other way? Unless the situation is diffused, unless God comes in and helps disarm all of these things, that dream marriage can die and divorce as a result, either emotional divorce or actual divorce will be the result of it. When a person or a couple reaches emotional divorce, the relationship is virtually die. Only thing you need is a death certificate. That's the divorce papers. Some people's marriage is dead. It just hadn't been served the papers. Some believers will not file for divorce legally. Some save folks, they won't file for divorce because they just say God said don't do that. But they are divorced in their hearts. They're divorced in their souls, their minds, their body, their spirit. And that's not pleasing to the Lord as well. So is there hope for failed marriages? Yes. God is the miracle worker. You know, people believe God for healing and miracles and jobs and money and all of those kind of things. But sometimes they don't believe that he can fix their marriage. He can do, he can do anything. He can fix. He can restore. He can rebuild. He can resolve. And God is able to do it, and he will do it if you turn to him. The resurrected Christ can resurrect a dead marriage relationship. As long as there's somebody who's calling on him, he can restore. Somebody call on the Lord to help. Lord, I need your help. In fact, we need to call on him all during our marriage and not when it's in the morgue. We call on him and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your strength. To restore any marriage is a lot of work, but the Lord is able. Somebody say he's able. The book of James talks about relationships and talks about how relationships goes down the, the slippery slope and path. And I just want to read this passage to you. In the book of James chapter 3 verse 14, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. If you harbor bitter, envy, selfish ambitions in your heart, whenever there is contention, whenever there is division, there is some enviness, there is selfish ambition, there is a lack of humility. For where you have envy, verse 16 says, and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. 
peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So for the, this is for the believers. Now, unbelievers is not going to take this track, but believers have to trust God and do things the way God wants it done. He wants us to, to be the peacemaker. He wants us to, to, to work in mercy and good fruit and, and be sincere and considerate and loving and submissive. In verse 4, James says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. You do not, you do not have what? You don't have peace. You don't have oneness. You don't have harmony because you're not asking God to lead you, to guide you, and to shepherd you to that way where you can have peace and harmony in your marriage relationship. Here's how God normally works. You come to him and say, Lord, I need you to fix my, my relationship. I need you to fix my marriage. I need you to fix my relationship. We're having a hard time. Lord, would you please fix the relationship? Now, this is different from asking God to fix the other person. That's normally where we start. God, you know, what, you know who I'm dealing with, and you know that that person needs some change. And God, I'm asking you to work them over. God, make them see their error of their ways. No, ask God to fix the relationship and to start where it needs to start. And most often, he starts with us. That's where he starts. He, he would ask us to adjust the things we need to adjust first before we, he starts working on the other person. Because if he works on the other person and you're not changed, guess what happened? You might cause them to act like they were acting in the first place. And so he, he works on us. He works on our heart. He works on our attitude. He works on us looking at ourselves to see what needs to be adjusted in our own lives before we try to get the other person to adjust. And when God knows that we are able to humble ourselves before him, we're able to see our own way, confess our own way, and begin to repent and restore ourselves to the scriptures, what God wants to happen in our own lives, then God can begin to work on the other person as well. If you want it fixed, say, Lord, fix me. Lord, fix my heart. Fix my mind. Fix my mouth. Fix my attitude. Fix my response. Fix, fix the way that I do things. And let me begin to do them the way that you want them done. See, that's the hardest part. Working on our own selves is the hardest part. Working on our own responses is the hardest part because whenever we're in conflict, we have a tendency to see what the other person does and what the other person is, and we always want to point out to what they need to do. And they may need some major changes in their lives, but we need some changes too. So, Lord, fix me so I can be right. So I want to, I want to encourage you today, if you're having struggles, or if you know someone who's having struggles, and maybe you're not at the point of discord or a disconnect, but you might even be in a stage where you're, you're disappointed and you don't know what to do about it. The Lord will help you. Ask the Lord for wisdom on how to communicate that disappointment. Say, Lord, help me so that I can communicate it in a way that's not destructive, but in a way that's constructive so that we can work on these you may be beyond disappointed and may be discouraged and say, Lord, help me with my discouragement. Help me to communicate and bring in those who can give godly wisdom so that we don't go further past this discouragement, but we can get back so that we can have good communication and good relationship in our marriage. How many of you in here today who are married? Just let me see your hand. 
I want to pray for you and ask God to help you. You may have the best marriage in the world right now, but that may not be the same five years from now. We want to ask God's wisdom and God's uh, grace and God's goodness on you and your relationship right now, no matter what stage you're in. If you're in a dream stage where everything is wonderful, we're going to pray that God keeps it there. If you're in a place of discouragement, disappointment, discord, disruption, or almost that divorce, we're going to ask the Lord to come alongside you and help you turn that thing around. Some spouses don't even know what stage they're in because the other spouse hadn't told them. One survey says most men think their marriages are in better shape than they are. And people will, will walk away and the other person, will, I, didn't, I didn't even know that it was that bad. And the other person will just say, get up one day and say, I don't want this anymore. And then you're shocked. I thought we had a wonderful marriage. That's just what you thought. This is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you for listening to our broadcast and our podcast. We've been bringing you a message that will hopefully be encouraging to you no matter where you are in your relationships with others. You may be single, you may be married, widowed, or divorced. I want you to know that God has his eye on you and God has his hand on you. And he is here to assist you with whatever you're going through in this day, in this hour. He has a purpose for your life. If you would like to listen to this message again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can listen to today's message and previous messages that have aired on this station. You can also subscribe to this podcast and you will get notifications when new messages are released. I want you to know that when you're in the greater Houston area, you are invited to come and be our guest at the light of the world. We are worshiping in person each Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road. We have an expectation for God to do some amazing things through the ministry and through the people of God when you come and worship with us. For more information, go to our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. There are those of you who are still looking for books and Bibles, Sunday school supplies, or communion supplies. Call us at the Beacon Bookstore, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you And we'll be with you again next time.